turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Just open up your eyes and join me, cause I've been living in the sunshine, having such a nice time. Sipping ice coffee is the world dressed by me. Living in the sunshine, having such a nice time. I won't let the stresses of the world define me, no. This song, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it makes us all happy around here at KPRZ. Have you just thought about that? The stresses of the world. I mean, honestly, can we be direct? They come from the devil. Stress comes from Satan. Yeah, I said it. Now, you want to talk about it? Connect with me online. Let's go. Let's talk about it. You know, one of 100 is about caregiving and all of that good stuff. But you know what? We all should care. Everybody technically is a caregiver. It's a matter of for what are you caring? That's the question. Have you answered it today? Are you caring about anything? Some people, like where I live, they care about their animals. My whole neighborhood cares about their pets Oftentimes more than their spouses and children, in my opinion. But, you know, hey, to each his or her own. And I say this, nothing wrong with that. It's about where is the care stemming from? And that was the revelation I had in listening to some of the people that have talked to me about One of 100 and why did you start that show? That's amazing. I love what you're doing. You're really helping the caregivers. And I said, yeah, I, I think there's some impact there, but I'm hoping that I'm helping anybody that listens, whether they're a caregiver, whether they're a Christian, because you know right here on KPRZ, this is a Salem Broadcasting Company. And if you didn't know, this particular format is a Christian radio format. So I'm on here because I'm a Christian. And one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to Christians is to encourage Christians to tell other people how they can use the Bible as a resource in their caregiving. But today, I want to make sure that everybody knows caregiving is something we all should be doing. Caregiving is not limited to those that need care because they're infirmed or disabled or unable. I have a neighbor that actually is a young woman. She's fabulous. She's a student at San Diego State. And she's in a wheelchair. She has some other disabilities that are physical that definitely impair her. However, her smile and her attitude, based on the relationships that I have with her, it really helps her seemingly overcome. And she and her mom are together quite a bit. And I know her mom is her caregiver, but she doesn't look like it and she doesn't seem like it. My friend seems like she's just an independent young lady in a wheelchair. But is that the case? Is she really independent? And I had to think about that. It's the same with my mom when we go out. And technically, she can't get out of my car unless, you know, I help her to get onto her mobility scooter and 
once we get in a store, nobody realizes that. I say nobody really cares. <laughs> Should I want them to care? Not necessarily. But what happens with caregivers and Christians and just people in general, we get upset if we don't hear or feel the acknowledgement of someone else's care about the things that we care about. Did you catch that? Let me try it a different way. Have you ever cooked for someone and you worked for two days to prepare this fabulous meal? That is, if you can cook, you know, everybody thinks they can cook. Hey, you can put a piece in the oven and you cooked, right? But two days worth of cooking? Yeah, chopping onions that made you cry and having to cut Brussels sprouts and the just freshness of the vegetables that you had to cut up and then you had to put the pre-seasoning and let them marinate the meats if you eat meat and yeah, you get it. And then you have to cook it the same day. Two days. Are, are you getting the vision? Okay. And then you have these people over and they come and ferociously eat the food in 10 minutes. It took you two days. Seemingly, they just don't care about what you had to do. Do you care? Yes, of course you do. It was your time. It was your energy, all of your efforts to make that scrumptious meal. And then they came over and they terrorized that meal in, in some cases, less than 10 minutes. Well, were you upset? Some people do get upset. I remember my grandmother used to do that. She used to cook for three days because she made everything from scratch. But I never saw her be upset. In fact, she looked glad when we were eating so quickly and so happy and joyous. And I get it now. The exhaustion that it took for her to prepare that meal was worth the momentary joy that she experienced watching us compliment her, the food, how good it was. And even if we ate it quickly, she still was full of happiness and joy. And it made me think at this time of year, you know, this is when we start preparing our meals for the holidays. We start thinking about what we might cook this year for those of us that cook. And we start thinking about, well, should we have this? Well, we had that last year. Well, does it matter? Well, that's a favorite of hers. And well, he likes that. So maybe I'll cook the same thing. And We debate within, and we check off our list, and then we decide, you know what? We're going to have the same thing. One of the things that my grandmother would never make, and I didn't understand it until I became an adult, is squash. And I found out my mom doesn't like squash. (laughs) So my grandmother would never make squash, not for the holidays. She'd make it on other occasions. But because we were all dining together, sharing a meal, She would make other vegetables instead. But I asked my mom recently, she's pressing into 80. I said, Mom, why why don't you like squash? Her answer, I don't know. I just don't like it. I said, oh, that's a great answer. And the reason why, it's the truth. It's her truth. (laughs) She doesn't necessarily know why. She couldn't give me an explanation. She just doesn't like squash. Um, Lorraine, I thought this is a caregiving show. What does that have to do? Are you listening? Keep listening to me right here on 1 of 100, KPRZ 1210 AM.
every week, 5.30 a.m. You know I have a story to tell. Keep listening. This is for your encouragement. And I want you to get the revelation that I had when my mom said, I don't know. There is such danger in saying, I don't know. I've told you this before. You don't have to have all the answers, but you should strive to at least pursue the knowledge because the absence of the knowledge is ignorance. And that's a heavy word. A lot of people don't like that word, ignorance. They don't like it. So what are we supposed to do with that word? Well, one of the things we're supposed to do is make sure that we replace it with knowledge. And my mom, she never did replace her ignorance with knowledge. Why? Because she didn't care. Yes. My mom doesn't care about why she doesn't like squash. She just doesn't like it. So when I went into one of my favorite local farming type grocery stores recently, I saw a pumpkin that was so huge. For me, all I could think of was my favorite childhood cartoon at this time of year. And I smiled and I laughed and I had a good time in the fruit section. Wait a minute. The fruit section? Wait, squash is fruit? Okay, listen. It's real simple. Pumpkins technically are fruit, kind of like tomatoes, because they have seeds. Yeah, botanically speaking. Now, you can look all that up. All I know is this. Technically, squash is fruit. Pumpkin is technically a fruit. So this time of year, usually they have them right by the door, right when you come in, most grocery stores, and you're just overwhelmed. Well, for me, you know, I like seeing how big they can get. They even have what what do you call those contests down south and in the Midwest? Yeah, who's got the largest pumpkin? Which farmer can bring the largest pumpkin? Weighs the most, looks the biggest, diameters, all that good stuff. They have competitions over fruit. Yeah, they do. And I thought about what if we had competitions about our fruit? Mm. Competitions over fruit? Well, it's a real thing. So who would I, Lorraine, compete with when it comes to my fruit? And I realized I am my biggest competitor. I need to compete with me. I need to make sure that I have the biggest, the greatest fruit. So I pondered my fruit again because I've been struggling with some issues with my mother And I tell you, caregivers, I know I make it seem easy. And one lady said, you just make everything sound so simple. I said, "Uh, ma'am, that comes from having the difficulty (laughs) first and having to reduce it to simplicity. It's a big, long mathematical life equation. And I told her X equals love at the end of the day because love covers a multitude of sin. But I also remembered that love is also one of the fruit of the spirit. So I asked myself, for me, Lorraine, is that the greatest fruit that I have, love? And I really contemplated it. What about you? Have you thought about your fruit? I thought about mine. And I looked at the list. I memorized them some time ago uh, because I'm supposed to demonstrate these as a Christian and I'm supposed to use them. I use them a lot, whether I acknowledge it or not. 
I, I use them uh, on the freeway. <laughs> I use them in grocery store lines. The fruit of the spirit, right? I use them with my mom. I use them with my friends <laughs> because I'm pretty direct, forthright. I'm not necessarily in your face, but if you ask me, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to be honest with you. So you know that don't ask, don't tell. Remember that for those of you old enough? Yeah, well, I'm the kind, same thing for me. Don't ask, but I will tell. Uh Uh-oh, that's the difference. Okay, so don't ask what? Don't ask my opinion because I'm going to tell you my truth, whether you like it or agree with it. Because my truth is from my experience. Have you ever listened to someone else's truth and you didn't get it? You didn't understand it? You didn't like it? It wasn't what you were looking for? It's similar to when I asked my mom about the squash. Why don't you like squash? I don't know. Okay, mom. All right. So it's the same thing. Think about it. What is it that you're struggling with with your care for others? Have you thought about it? Most of us don't because we're selfish. Selfishness causes us to stay within our own confines. Selfishness causes us to not share. (laughs) We judge little kids when they say no. (laughs) Um, Most of us do, be honest. Oh, just give him one of your... No! (laughs) We're judging the kids, trying to persuade them. Now, you switch roles. What if somebody was telling you to share as an adult? What if somebody was telling you, why don't you take five minutes of your time and give so-and-so a call? No! (laughs) Wait, what? That's what we do, though. I've had so many people apologize to me when they haven't seen me or my mom in a long time. Oh, I meant to call. And I go, no, you didn't. And they go, why do you say that? Because it's the truth. Oh, well, Lorraine, that's kind of harsh. No, it's the truth. Jesus was the same way. And he made people scoff at the same types of things for their times. Well, this is relative to my life. I laugh with it, you know, to just tell them, hey, I'm letting you know. People do what they want to do. And if you wanted to call, you would have. (laughs) You're right. I know. (laughs) And so we laugh together. But guess what? Most people aren't bold enough to tell the truth. Most people are not honest enough first with themselves. Remember, I told you, you need to have the discussion with you, with yourself first. And be honest with you. Remember, I told you, I am my greatest competition. So when it comes to competition, the first thing you need to do is look at the opposition from the competition. Hmm. Now, one of my favorite sports to observe is tennis, singles, and yes, women's. And this was before the Serena days. One of our tennis greats just passed away not too long ago, and she was the only one out there really making a name for herself when I was growing up. But now we've got Serena Williams all over the place. And what does that mean? She's ready to retire thought she was pretty young. Yeah, she is. What's that got to do with what you're talking about? Remember what I said? Competition. She said that she doesn't really think about the opponent as much as she's thinking about herself and winning and what she has to do to win. So in other words, her strategy isn't against the opponent. Her strategy is for herself. Ooh, Think about that for this week. 
where is your strategy for your areas of deficiency, insufficiency? Can we be real now? For your anger, for your bad attitude, for your clap back is what the young people say. Well, where it, what are you doing? What are you going to do about it? How are you dealing with that? How are you coping and managing it? Um, if you have a sassy mouth, do you know how to shut it up real fast? There are strategies out there. Look them up. One of my favorite is called the walk away. What is that? Just what I said. If I feel the need to really get upset and go off, as we say, I take a deep breath and say it's not worth it within and walk away. Now, very seldom have I had anybody challenge me and say, where are you going? <laughs> because most people don't want to be in an argument. They really don't. And if you end it by walking away, that's like what Jesus talked about with turning the other cheek. It's one of the ways. So when you walk away, there's nothing left. There's nothing else for someone else to combat. It's even like that in war. If you just cease, stop, there's no more fighting. That makes practical sense, right? Right. Have you used it today, this week? Well, it's pretty early in the month, so I'll just leave it at this week. Have you used it yet? Have you just stopped and zipped your lip? That's what I love to say to myself. Zip your lip, Lorraine. Zip the lip. And I say it to myself very harshly, very directly. And I shut myself down because I have to see, is there value in this? Is this productive? Is this going to benefit me? Is there any fruit that I can glean from in this arguing? No, not in this particular instance. I'm not saying you shouldn't argue in some cases. Sure, you should stand up for yourself, speak for yourself. But in this case, I'm looking for my fruit. I told you, my greatest pumpkin is love of all of the fruit of the Spirit. Because not only does it cover a multitude of sin, but it has its own laundry list of what it is, according to Paul. It's patient. It's kind. It's not easily provoked. It's long-suffering. It bears all things, and it believes all things. Good grief. Uh, does, Does that sound familiar? Good grief. We're talking about pumpkins. So, yeah, love. It does cover a lot. I look to love to not only cover my sins, but the sins of other people. So I'm not looking for their fruit as much as I'm looking for my own. I'm looking for my own fruit to blossom in this season. I'm looking for my fruit, my harvest in this season. It's autumn. It's that time of year where the leaves fall and usually people are going out to reap from summer and they're looking for rain to fall down and you get the best crops they say right after the rain but people are always looking for the blossoming the budding the sprouting even of their seeds so fruit remember we're talking about pumpkins can't be fruit unless they have a seed Consider your seed today. What are you doing with your seeds? I'm going to continue to plant mine in the Lord because he's the one that brings me my harvest. He's the one 
that is my great farmer. Is that in the Bible? No, that's from my own personal experience. Because the Lord is the one that does the pruning of Lorraine. The Lord is the one that brings me my harvest. Oh, yeah. What about you? Have you let the Lord bring you any harvest? Mm. Now, think about that. Can he bring you a harvest if you don't have seed in the ground? Ooh, that's heavy. So plant some seeds. If you don't want the seed I'm using, fine. You need to go to Galatians 5 and review your own seeds. Go to Galatians 5. You can start at verse 22. There's a list of seeds there that you can plant in your own life and begin to look for the budding of those seeds. And when you see them, what do you do? Cultivate. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Cultivating is a lot of work. People don't realize farming is a lot of work. But a lot of our Christian life is very much like farming. Pretty much every day we're planting or we're reaping. Planting and sowing, are those the same things? Eh, you need to talk to the botanical society in your neighborhood. But for me, I see it as work at the end of the, at the, end of the day. I've got to work. I've got to sow, but I also get to reap. But you can't reap if you haven't sown. So what does that have to do with caregiving? Everything. I have to sow love towards the person I care for. Even if they don't have their right mind, mm -hmm. yeah, because I'm not looking for them to give me love back. Remember, I told you the greatest competition is with myself. I'm looking for love to return to me, but not from them. Even though I planted in them love, yes, but I am not expecting the love from them. Well, that doesn't make sense. Jesus doesn't make sense to a lot of people either. So shall we continue? You can carry that conversation on connect at LorraineCarroll.com. It's right there on our website. You can go to it anytime, www.kprz.com. Some people, they spell the whole thing out, K-Praise, whatever works for you. Find me. Say something. I'm ready to hear it. Remember, we're coming up into that season where it's holidays. You're going to be around family, other people. You don't want to be exhausted. You don't want to be drained. You don't want to be tired. So what do you do aside from getting the physical rest that you need? Because remember, the Lord wants you to rest. I've already told you that. Make it a priority to pick a day to say, you know what? Today is going to be my Sabbath. I met a man in a store, and he totally understood that even though he's Jewish and I'm Christian, we both agreed that the Sabbath still works, and it's still real. So what does that mean? Any day can be your Sabbath. In Jewish faith, they have their beliefs, but like in my Christian faith, like I told him, any day can be my Sabbath, the, the day that I rest, the day that I deliberately step away from all the troubles and the cares of the world, you know, the stresses of the world, like in the theme song, yeah. And I step away from them best that I can. How do you do that, Lorraine? I don't know how to do that. Well, the first thing you need to do is be honest with yourself. Make a list of the things that you know you can step away from. That's the easiest seed to plant. Do you have to clean the bathroom today? 
Can it wait until tomorrow? Um, yeah, it can. Will you? That's up to you. But it's a way to step away from that thing that you think you have to do, that you must do, that you must get done. Okay, that's one. What's another thing I can step away from? That's up to you. But make a list, at least of five things, that in your caregiving routine, you can say, on my Sabbath, I will not do those things. And I will rest. I'll take a nap. I'll do something I enjoy. But most of all, I'm obeying what the Lord gave me. It's in Hebrews 4. You can read it for yourself. He gave me a Sabbath to rest, to take my time, to just say, hey, you know what? I don't have to do that today. Caregiving, mm, we don't really get to stop what we do. But there are some things that we don't have to do in that day, the day that the Lord has made. Yeah, find a way to rejoice, be glad, and don't do that thing. It's up to you. Remember, you're your greatest competition. So the strategy is against you. How are you going to stop you? How are you going to release and say, you know what? I'm going to not do that today. I'm going to actually let go of that today. Instead of cooking this gigantic meal, you know what we're going to have? Salad. (laughs) That's that. Yeah, everybody needs a salad every day, right? Well, most people do. Well, that's what society says. Most of us are overweight. Isn't that what it? Even if you're over five pounds, that's overweight. Well, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what American society looks like on paper. That's what it says. Obesity is a big thing compared to 1964 these days. Okay, that's enough on that. You get the idea. Do something that you don't have to do. Did you hear what I said? It almost sounds like an oxymoron. Do something that you don't have to do. Oh, Take your time with that. This week, make the list five things I don't have to do. And then use it and make your own personal Sabbath. That's a way of loving yourself. That's a way of restoring yourself, refreshing yourself. It's a seed that you're planting into your own ground. And how do you reap from the seed that you plant into your own ground? By letting the Lord bring you your harvest. He can bring you a harvest if you plant a seed. Plant that seed today. Make sure you get your rest, get your restoration, and get your own revival. I'm looking for the greatest pumpkin I can find this year in my own life. What about you? Email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Right here on One of 100. We look forward to it. Seeing you, talking to you, and hearing from you right here on KPRZ 1210 AM.